This is Continua. We're guided by music and grounded in science. Journey with us as we explore the intersection of music and health. We're diving into discussions with professionals and creatives. We're sharing information and giving you conversations to motivate you along your health journey. I'm Chloe LeBray. I'm Aliyah Abdullah. And, and you're listening, listening to The, the Continua, Continua Podcast. Hey, she let me out Okay, so Chloe Molesky. <laughs> thank Hello. you, thank you for Athlete joining us. Extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that. Okay. <laughs> um, is in school to be a sports psychologist and definitely has an affinity for creativity. Yes. So Chloe, talk to us a little bit about um about your upbringing, about you know, what, what sports has meant to you and why you even got into sports in the first place. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. You guys, um, stoked to be here. Yeah. Uh, so sports, I think at this point, it's just been so tied to my identity because of my upbringing. I grew up with three brothers and, my father was obsessed with their sports and my sports, but I felt, you know, still a little chip on my shoulder there. No, it got to be transparent. Um, so I was always trying to keep up and be like, I can do this too. I'm here. Like, look at me. Like, I'm fast. I'm strong. So I think that's where it definitely started was my brothers and just having that be the way of life, the culture of our family. Mm-hmm. And where are you uh, in the line of siblings? I'm middle. Middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... I saw running as an avenue to get out of my small town. And Mm -hmm. so I really, I, I, it was, I clung to it. I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to leave New Hampshire. I saw an avenue and running is something where you don't need equipment. So, you know, my brothers, they needed hockey equipment and lacrosse equipment, but I was like, I can run anywhere. And it's based on a time. There's no politics involved. It's like, if you run this time, you're good enough. Let's go. So I, I was like, okay, light bulb opportunity. I'm just going to keep running and get out of here. I got to Duke and I was shocked because I go from being the superstar that was in the paper every week to the slowest recruit coming in basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I had imposter <laughs> syndrome. Mm-hmm. on the team and in the classroom you know it's, it was really hard academically too and I was stressed and I just broke I was not prepared mentally for it in any way shape or form mm-hmm. so I you know I look back and it's disappointing because my college career was not what I wanted it to be at all and it's almost I feel embarrassed I feel shame I feel all the feelings because I didn't perform to my highest level and yeah. And so post-college, I discovered strength training. I started doing that. Self-awareness and strength training were the biggest game changers for me post-college. Mm-hmm. And connecting those dots, I got faster. I got stronger. I got more confidence, all these things. And I'm like, dang, I wish I had these tools when I was in college. I wish I was able to perform and take care of my mental health and run mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't. So that's kind of what led me to sports psych. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so- I, I can totally relate to your journey right I learned so much more after college than I did in college and you know mental game was like it's such a big it's such a big aspect of track (laughs) because like I mean we were talking about this like Mm -hmm. you can train all you want but the competition is so different than than practice yeah 
and versus even just running on your own, you know? And so there was no like preparation for the mental game. (laughs) And I wish there was, you know? Yeah. And I think with track too, I mean, I can't go without mentioning that I was also a distance runner. So they're definitely not telling me to Mm -hmm. put on muscle. And I already had this build and that was a huge mental obstacle where it was like, I don't look like a distance runner and here I am how do I negotiate this in my head? Mm-hmm. What, so that was, what was your distance? So I ran everything when I was in high school, but get to college, I, I didn't run anything shorter than the mile. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, no one would ever guess that by looking at me. Mm-hmm. And even then, I'm definitely stronger now, but even then it was like, oh, you're on the 100. Are you like, I was embarrassed because I was like, I don't look like the Mm -hmm. other runners and that Mm -hmm. was so hard mentally to get over because I'm Mm -hmm. already on the starting line feeling like I'm a loser because I'm like I don't fit I don't fit in here Mm -hmm. so that was something that was really hard to overcome uh and then the other part that I thought you mentioned um you said something else that really oh the mental training Mm -hmm. you can't pass the ball to anyone like when you're in track yeah (laughs) you know it's like no it's you uh, you got it or not? Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, pretty much it's you got it or not? Nah. That's gonna yeah. be the title of this episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's it's so true. It's so true. From the um, I remember we were having the conversation, and this is when it really like resonated. Where we we're like, oh, we really need to unpack this so much more. Was the the body type conversation? How did you and what did you do? to get to a point where you embrace your body now. You know what I mean? Like how you gain totally. weight, how you lose weight. How, like I, I'm starting to yeah. evolve and really appreciate that and learn that about myself and move with it. Yeah, great question. The shift was definitely from the mental talk, I'm a big runner to I'm a strong runner. Mm. So shifting that really helped me because when I lift heavy, when I do these things, it's I'm capable, I'm strong, I'm going to get through this rather than I'm big, I don't belong, what am I doing here? Right. Mm. Right. That's a really, really powerful yeah. thing. Shift. Yeah, shift. Yeah. Um, right. And I didn't get that reframe any, like, in college, I never got that reframe. Right. Do you feel like that influenced um, your transition into sports psychology and, like, why you chose it? Yeah, 100%. A huge part was the body image. Uh, The other light bulb was working with really talented behavioral psychologists and them working with elite athletes, but having no experience as an athlete, like even the way they Mm. were talking about sports, I was like, wow, I could really have an impact. I, Mm. this is my, this is my relation to everything is sports. That's how I relate everything I do. Mm -hmm. It's like, how does this relate to a game? (laughs) How would you describe it? I've always been been curious because obviously, like, I know what sports is. I know what psychology Mm -hmm. is. What is sports psychology? Yeah. So I would describe it. So a lot of sports psychologists actually frame themselves as uh, mental performance coaches, mental cognitive coach or cognitive performance coaches. Uh, You can frame it. It's a new field or emerging field. I'd say it's still kind of growing. Uh, So you can frame it different ways. But I, I would describe it uh, as ways to strategies and tools to enhance your performance on the field and off the field. Like I, I, that's the other thing. A lot of sports performance coaches, 
they'll be on the court and that's all they do. Like they're during practice. That's what they're doing. That's kind of the more traditional way. My approach is so much more holistic because I realized firsthand that my experiences off the track were Mm -hmm. impacting my performance on the track. Like how can you separate the two? You can't. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I really focus on with my athletes Mm -hmm. is your day to day, but also your performance. It's, it's hard to separate. And when you say your athletes, who, who do you coach? So I work with athletes ranging from middle school to the professional level. My heart loves the younger athletes Mm -hmm. because I just feel like, you know, the neuroplasticity, the way that they're Mm -hmm. still able to adapt and change is so powerful and impactful. So that's definitely what I love most, but yeah, all levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so for those of, for those of you who don't, know what neuroplasticity is chloe can you explain what that is yeah (laughs) that was a a big word (laughs) (laughs) so basically we're making these neural connections every time we do anything and the more you do something the the stronger the connection is going to be and when you're younger it's still developing so it's easier to create those pathways and to strengthen them Hmm. so it's like you know when someone builds a story in their head about something you know, it might have happened at a young age and they had no one to rebound it off. So they just keep building that pathway. Oh, this is this. So for instance, to bring it back to my story, I'm a big runner. That happened in seventh grade. That was my narrative until post-college. Mm-hmm. And it was because it happened in seventh grade. And then I was just looking for things to to uh, to affirm that story. Mm-hmm. So anything, if it's like someone could say, Chloe, you look so lean but I would only hear, oh, wow, your thighs are really big and strong. I wouldn't hear the lean part. I would right. only hear what was attached to that narrative that was running and created this fear and anxiety in me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. We can re- I can really relate to yeah. this. I really can. How so? I, well, because I was known as kind of like the big athletic person, mm-hmm. like especially a small, like I went to a very, very small private school. And similar to you, Chloe, like I got to college and I got my butt handed to me. (laughs) It was a very tough transition. (laughs) Being, you know, the 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 one who was always called the athlete. Always, Mm -hmm. always, always, always. And so similar to you, that was my you know, that was my um, identity as well. That's how I, you know, identified myself as just like Chloe the athlete, always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing else to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and actually, that, that for totally. sure shapes you. It really shapes yeah. you. Yeah. And that's honestly what, uh, why I'm so excited for you both and Continua because I think that merge of sport and art and creativity and music and movement is so powerful. And I, it's also what I use in my coaching practice is to not have someone build their entire identity off being an athlete. Yeah. Like (laughs) create, do other things. Fostering those other parts of you can benefit you on the track and on the field just as much. It's just a way, like another tool for you to have confidence, you know, in other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. So I I love that, Mm -hmm. um, what you guys are doing. And I think it's, it's so crucial to you know, foster every part of you and not put everything in one basket, as they say. Mm. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Just create this this melting pot of um, 
culture, you know, embracing all facets of ourselves. You know, it's it's natural for our brain to organize things and put things in boxes. And mm-hmm. I understand it's like, this is healthy. This is not. This is going to help me. This is not. This is dangerous. This is not. Mm-hmm. I get it. But the life is the gray area. It is, you know, and I like I think I feel healthiest when I'm drinking a glass of wine and watching a very talented musician. Like mm-hmm. I can't really think of anything that makes me feel better and makes me feel alive and have that vitality that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's having that self-awareness to understand that and having that balance. And yeah, I love it. What's what's the um, most recent song that comes to mind to you that you just listened to? Ooh, um, I'm obsessed with Ty Dolla Sign's new album. It's on repeat. <laughs> Definitely about to, yeah, dance to those songs yes. very soon. Do you feel yeah. like there is a certain limit that people shouldn't pass? Yeah. So I think it depends on your goals. So if you're being a pro athlete, isn't healthy, to be honest, you know, that you're pushing your body so hard all the time. And something I don't think we talk about enough is the recovery part, which we can get to, but uh, gosh, like, I don't know why we're not talking about this Mm -hmm. more, but you know, you have to recover as hard as you train. And Mm -hmm. I think people don't realize that. Uh, But in terms of training, if your goal is to be elite highest level, I think you do need to reach that pain cave and figure out where your limit is. Like, I think you need that mentally to know that you can go there because that is what gets you through. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've been there. I know Mm. what this feels like. I can get through it. I'm comfortable with it. So, but if that's not your goal, like, no, don't go there. Why? Like there's not worth it in any capacity. So what I really recommend in terms of training two hard hard days where you like remind yourself of the pain cave Mm. and then the other days I just try to move as much as possible so that's like how I operate interesting but I also I realize that if you don't have the experience of being in that really really uncomfortable place then you have to you have to get you have to know what it feels like otherwise it's really hard to pull through Mm -hmm. wow yeah oh man I'm just I'm flat like I'm having flashbacks to some really, really, really difficult track practices. Like really, really hard. I believe you. I'm talking like repeat three fifties, repeat five fifties, like just I think that we need to reframe movement too in the way mm-hmm. that, you know, walking is the best cross training ever if you ask me like uh, and people don't like park far away from the grocery store and walk like get those steps and we are living such different lifestyles than how we evolved and it's important that we just get those movements in every 30 to minutes to an hour and just do something you don't have to be a pro athlete to want to take care of your body and the interesting thing about that is like i think of i think of my mom because i think just culturally speaking standing behind her when she would use do the Tybo tapes like I, I would jump around I thought it was funny like and shout I out would, Billy Blanks mm-hmm. yeah Billy Blanks like that was my intro right that was my intro and and I think back of like being a kid technically I created circuit training sessions where I was like with, with my cousins I love because it. they were they wanted to watch TV and I was like let's get outside let's move and I was like that's the hula hoop station over there these are the jump ropes over oh, here oh yeah this is the I dance section that. over here and mind you I didn't know what that was but I was just like this is fun like wow yeah, but you that's how it should be instructor <laughs> like, that's exactly how it should be right yeah i mean i love that you did that that's so cool <laughs> 
do you feel like um, music impacts your impacts your training and how do you feel like you experience it? Yeah. I mean, I listen to hip hop and I'm like, this was made for this workout. Yeah. Like it, it sounds right. silly, but I'm like, this like this is divine timing. How is this happening? <laughs> you know, like that's how I feel when I'm listening to hip hop and I train. I definitely hear lyrics and hear and I feel like yeah. I formed to the music the for same. sure. Um but that's why I do kind of check myself and take my earbuds out when I run sometimes gotcha. to try and, you know, have that versatility or just connection to myself to like, cause I love music. I could listen to music and not move. Mm-hmm. I could move and listen to me. Like, I don't know, moving with music though, there is something pretty powerful about that. Um, I mean, you guys know, I don't, uh, I don't know how to, mm-hmm. how to put my finger on it, but it mm-hmm. makes you feel some type of way. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an an emotional yeah connection, yeah. Mm. and maybe even yeah. Chloe, when you're you're running, um, do you view your pace that you're setting as as a rhythm? Like you know how you think of the metronome and kind of like having a very consistent cadence. Mm. Do you how yeah. do you establish that or recalibrate yeah. yourself if you're either a listening to music or b when you're not using mu- music slash? At do all? you have some sort of yeah. like a Garmin so, or a a Whoop or yeah. an Apple Watch or something? to keep your pace Uh, yeah so my nickname was metronome i'm like pretty (laughs) on point i know it's not a it's not a really cool nickname because it's like long metronome what's up i think it's it's dope what up metronome (laughs) i I feel like it's dope that sounds like some innovative next level it does it does type of out of this otherworldly thing i'm like are you like a beatboxer are you like a break dancer like Wait, that's actually, this might be my connection to music. If I become a musician, maybe that yeah. would be a metronome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that being said, I'm really good at my pace. Like I could be, I'll be like, in my head, I'll be like, I'm running 737. I'm running 737. It's pretty like, wow. and mm-hmm. I think it's just from practice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I did, when I ran uh, LA Marathon, mm-hmm. I had a curated playlist for that. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right at mile 13, where I knew like halfway through. What did I, speed it up? You know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, and um, that was really helpful. Like that got yeah. I wouldn't have been able to run. Well, I would have, but I probably wouldn't have run the time I ran if I wasn't listening to music for the marathon. What was your time? If you don't mind sharing. Three seventeen. Nice. Damn. Dang. Damn. I mean, you already, you already, cu- you already cussed on the podcast, Chloe. Just started to to you. Damn. <laughs> that is, that's really fast. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, and, uh, yes. That's amazing. Thanks, yeah. That's an accomplishment. It was, it was my first marathon and I ran less than 25 miles a week. So I'm really nice. all about low yep. mileage yep. and mm-hmm. using my strength training to mm-hmm. help me and, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I was happy about it. What year? Uh, well, I was, I qualified for Boston. That was my goal. I was trying to run a three hour marathon, do 30 pull-ups and deadlift 300 pounds in three days. So this was me again, kind of proving this, you can be strong and be a distance mm. runner. Yeah. Like yeah. trying yep. to let people know to not put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. So, because I ran truthfully, I weigh at least 40 pounds more than every girl ahead of me in the marathon. Right. Like, yeah. So so there's a there's a little nugget I heard from this. I think I want to expand upon. Um, am I right in saying like the impact that you would want to have through sports psychology is helping your um, your clients see themselves outside of a box? 
like I, I feel like the 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 box and their identity as well as their limitation seem like the two things that you're gravitating towards um, expanding upon or like working with them on. Yeah, I'd say you did a great job assessing that because mm-hmm. uh, the two things I focus on most are, like I said, that those reframes, that, that self, uh, self-reflection self and just like mm-hmm. having a good gauge. So I'll give you another example. One of my clients, she's going to this big showcase and all the New Yorkers are there. She lives in Connecticut and she's like, oh, all the New York players are going to be there. It's like, wait, why are you putting these New Yorkers on a pedestal? Like, what are, mm-hmm. who are these? Like, let's mm-hmm. break that down. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, she's putting them in them in a box. Like, oh, they're from New York. They're, they're ballers. Like, they're going to be way better than me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, well, I'm just curious. And I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like doctor patient confidentiality. <laughs> but like, how did you how did you work through that with her? Well, so you know, you've probably heard this, like the seven why. So getting like, why are you putting these New Yorkers on a pedestal? She's like, well, they get more exposure up more often than me. Like I only go to these tournaments. Okay. So why does that make them better that they're going to these more, like more of these tournaments? Well, um, they're getting more practice in front of uh, division one schools or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, well, why? Like, you know, and you just mm-hmm. keep going. So she gets to a point where she's like, where I'm like, well, you've, you've played in front of people that like division one schools before, you know, and mm-hmm. getting, uh, like, so we're so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. as humans. And we like forget mm-hmm. we're 10, like when you think of something fearful or scary, we're always looking, we're always trying to protect ourselves. So we're always looking at, Oh, this, this could be shameful, embarrassing. I'm not going to get it. They're not going to recruit me. Why aren't we looking at, wait, I could get recruited. I could, you know, you're never, we're never looking at the the things that could be positive if we break through the fear. Mm-hmm. Is that how yeah. someone could um, develop a better, I guess you could say association or memory association or just experience and building that narrative like you were talking about with, let's say, exercise or eating healthy or just certain lifestyle changes when you start making these changes in terms of nutrition and movement and you feel confident and you, um, you know, enjoy the journey and Mm -hmm. you trust it, Mm -hmm. that's where it, where it becomes powerful because you're trusting that I'm making the right decision with my meal right now. I'm making the right decision with my movement. This is all like, I'm trusting the process, the journey of it all. And that's where it really shifts and like evolves into something beautiful and great and confidence and all the things. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. There's something that one of my mentors taught me of like of a few years ago. And that was whenever you're feeling doubtful, challenge it. So he's, he always used to say, challenge the doubt. Yeah, and I, I find think that that's like such good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I've, I find that very powerful too because like doubt, what is doubt? You know, it's yeah, it's it's fear of the unknown essentially, and fear of failure. Totally, yeah, a hundred percent. It's, I agree. I think you have we have to constantly checking ourselves and be like, okay, is this fear really protecting us or is it holding us back? Right. You know, it's like when people are scared to post things on social media and you know, you're usually not scared if it's something that someone else has already done or it's not very vulnerable. We're only scared when it's vulnerable or something Mm -hmm. like we're unsure about, Mm -hmm. you know, but oftentimes those are the ones that have the most impact. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not scared, 
then you're probably not doing the right post to be exactly. honest. You're, you're not. <laughs> exactly. Would you say with using the platform, do you mean using the platform personally or using the platform, let's say, for example, as you're growing your business? So I'm totally shifting my Instagram account to just grow with Chloe. <laughs> I was going to go. Grow with Chloe. It's, it's just going to be my business. It's going to, it's going to be, yeah, good question. Um, but it's just going to be my coaching, um, my message, psychology, strength training, uh, nutrition, like the things that I use in my practice. Mm-hmm. But personally, I don't want to use Instagram anymore. I'm like, I, I just don't see, I mean, I see it as a way to stay connected, but I can just hit them up. I'll text them. I'll call them. I would like, and especially with something like this pandemic, I think we've, we've realized how powerful connection is and seeing someone and, Oh yeah. So love it. Love it. So we can find Chloe on Instagram. (laughs) Grow grow with Chloe. Um, yep. TBD on the spelling of Clo. Right. We will yeah, get that to you guys ASAP. It'll be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. <laughs> will be yeah. in the show notes. Um, <laughs> do people? Do you take emails or is is is, is DMing yeah. you is is that's the best way to to connect with yeah, you? Yeah. I yeah. If any of this resonates with anyone, I love to hear messages and talk to people. Like I said, the connection is the most important part for me. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear from anyone that wants to reach out, um, my Instagram grow with Clo, website, grow with Clo, nice. uh, email, grow with Clo, everything. So um, we'll put it in the show notes, but yeah. yeah, reach out and I would love to hear from you. Amazing. Yay. Amazing. All right. And this is, this is the question that we end with, with all of our, all of our peeps, all of our guests, Chloe, what is your definition of journey? Trust. Ooh, yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, I think uh, it goes back to trusting everything that's happening mm-hmm. and riding those waves and knowing that it's all part of the journey. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of times we think that life is this circle, but it's a, it's a spiral. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's that it's up and down. It's this, it's, it's swervy. It's not a straight line. So having trust that it's going to get you where you need to go, even with those windy paths. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's great. Thank All you. All right. Thank you, Chloe. Yay. Thank you for, for yeah. coming on and chatting with us and, and um, just sharing with us what you're doing and your past. And it's been, it's been great. It's been super insightful. Yeah. We can't super wait to insightful. see you when you're here. Yeah, or when I we know. make our way out. Yeah, when we watch you in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I need some warm weather, y'all. So I'll be out there soon. And out, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, this was so great. Of course. All right, y'all. Until next time. Toodles. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Continua Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our Continua experience or have any questions based on the topic of this episode, DM us on Instagram at the Continua. 